Also, we were the victims of, but, but uh, this family has stood by us through thick and thin. Lord, laughing with us in the good times and uh, allowing us, as the song said, to lean on them uh, in the not-so-good times. Lord, even carrying us and sustaining us when we needed it. Father, I thank You for each and every one. Lord, whether they've been here the entire eight years I've been here or whether this is their very first Sunday. Lord, my Tammy and Zach and Seth and Joshua and Rihanna and I just thank them from the bottom of our hearts. And Lord, just, I just ask for a special blessing on every one of them today. Lord, I ask You to be even with the ones that couldn't be here today. I know Brother Kenny called me up and got called into work today, but I know he would have uh, loved to have been here for this. I, I just pray a blessing on those that couldn't be here. And Lord, I, I pray that You would help us to take this love that we do have for each other and take it out Side the walls of this church because there is a lost and dying world out there. People that need Jesus. People that are looking for Christ and they don't even realize it. And Lord, as I say so many times, the world is, I believe, getting tired of hearing about Christianity. What they want is to see it in action. Father, help us to be the ones that live Christ-like lives outside these church walls so that people can see us, so that they can see You in action through us. And Lord, hopefully Your Holy Spirit will work through the hardness of hearts and break down walls, and they too would come to know the, the, the God that we know and love, and the God that most especially, more importantly, loves us. Send His Son to give His life for us. Father, open our hearts and souls and minds to the message You have for us today. Lord, as always, bring... Encouragement where encouragement's needed, correction where correction's needed, but most importantly, bring Christ into the life of that one or those few or those many that might be here today that are in need of Him. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I would ask you to turn to the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians. Chapter 9, I'm going to be sharing verses 1 through 8 with you. And... Uh, my prayer this morning is we've been, been talking about being the church, about stewardship, talking about using our time, our talents, and our treasures for God's glory. And uh, uh, after you guys showing me so much love just now, you know, this is going to be one of those messages that I'm afraid everybody's going to get ticked off because we're talking about the wallet this morning. We've talked about honoring God with our time and our talents. We're going to talk this morning about honoring God with, with the treasures that He's given us. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through eight. You guys are physically able if you'd stand out of reverence to God's Word. This is the Apostle Paul talking. Beginning in verse 1, he says, Now concerning the ministering to the saints, it's superfluous for me to write to you. For I know in your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be ready. Lest if some Macedonians come with me and find... You unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go ahead of you, uh, go ahead of you of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and of, and of uh, I'm sorry, a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. 
But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God who is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. May God bless us by the reading and the hearing, and most especially the doing of His Word. You may be seated. Just to give you some background on this passage, <clears throat> Paul was praising the church at Corinth and some of the other churches because what was going on at this time, there was a, a, a famine in the land, there was also a lot of persecution going on, and the church at Jerusalem was in desperate need. They were in desperate need. They, they, they didn't have the finances they needed. Uh, and even if they got the finances they needed, it was a tough go because food was scarce. And, and kind of like was starting to happen today, the price of food was going through the roof. So Paul had asked some of the other churches at some of the other cities about being generous enough to allow, to tie it into the song, the church of Jerusalem lean on them in their time of need. And he's talking about giving here. And uh, you know, that's one of the things that, that, that me as a pastor, I struggle with. If you're here today, first time guest, or you're, or you're barely new, you may maybe once a year hear me preach something about finances because I'm really sensitive to the fact that there's a lot of folks out there that they flip their channels and see these TV preachers all the time and all they're ever doing is asking for money. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of hesitant and, and tentative when I preach about it, but at the same time, I also realize that we're called to be good stewards of what God gives us. We're called to be stewards of the time He's given us, our lives. We're called to be stewards of the talents, the gifts that He's given us, the things that we should that we are able to do, that we should be doing for His glory. And, and also we're called to be stewards of the treasures that He gives us. Because what we need to realize is that everything God gives us, the, the, the money, the jobs God allows us to work so that we can get finances, those finances aren't necessarily there for us just to blow and, and, and give ourselves a life of comfort. They're, they're given so that we can, as Christians, so that we can support the work of God, so that we can be a blessing as God blessed us. Just want to show, just share a little bit of statistics with you. Last survey done by, I believe it was the Barna Research Group, said that less than 1% of Christians give faithfully to the, to the church. 80% of the money that comes into a church in a given year comes by 20% of the congregation. And then the remaining 20% of the money that comes in comes from 30% of the congregation. Statistics bear out that there's a full 50% of folks that claim to know and love Jesus Christ that don't put a single thing in the offering plate at any time during the year. A full 50% of people that come to a church, they get blessed, they get fed, they, they get grown. I know that's improper English. They take advantage of the... And when I say take advantage, I don't mean wrongly, but, but as everybody else does, we take advantage of the opportunities. They take advantage of Sunday school and all the ministries that the church have got. They don't hesitate to, to call on a Sunday school leader or deacon or even the pastor when they're in a time of need. They take all these things from their family but yet they don't contribute one dime during the course of the year to help those things continue on. God's called us to be givers. God's called us to be good stewards of our, of our monies to help in His work. And I want to talk this morning about uh, how, how are we to give. God's Word says we're to give. Well, how are we supposed to do it? Three things I want to touch on this morning, hopefully quickly. First of all, we're to give, give obediently. 
When we give money, we're to give obediently. Oftentimes, many times, I'd say 99.9% of the time, obedience precedes faith. Obedience precedes faith. So, so many times we have got to do what God has commanded us to do. And then as we see God blessing us or God honoring what we've done because we're doing it in obedience, God will bless us and from that blessing we'll gain more faith. So, so obedience often comes before faith. We've got to trust God. Well, if God tells me to do this, whether it's with our time, uh, our, our, our treasures, or, or with our time and talents, we've got to trust. You know, we were talking about about using our talents a couple of weeks ago, and I talked about the fact that you know it's not it's not as important to be able as it is to be available. You know. God might be calling you to help out in a certain ministry and you think, you know what, I don't have the training for that. But if we honor what God has told us to do and we're obedient, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel God's calling me to do this. I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to do it. Guess what? God will equip you or He'll put the people around you to help equip you to do what God's called you to do. Same thing is true of our finances. Obedience often precedes faith. Secondly, in giving obediently, we need to realize that nobody begins tithing, or I shouldn't say nobody, but hardly anybody begins tithing because they can afford it. The day and time we live in today, so many of us are underwater in everything we're doing or, or we're living paycheck to paycheck. You know, uh, so tithing hardly ever comes because we can afford it. We think we, we can't. I'd really love to give to God's work. I really want to support my church. I really want to support missions. But man, this is what my checkbook says and, and I don't have enough money at the end to do it. I could probably ask five or six people in our congregation that would be willing to step up and testify that when they made the commitment to tithing according to their checkbooks, it wasn't going to work out either. But they made the determination that if I do what God's called me to do and then I'm faithful with the rest of my stuff, I'm going to trust, I'm going to believe that God's going to make a way financially for me to meet all of my needs. I know Tammy and I learned years ago when I was in the Navy, you guys in the Navy realize, you, you know better than I do, especially this day and age, military don't get no overtime pay. You know, the job my wife had, Tammy, lots of times she got overtime pay. But we learned when we made the decision that we were going to tithe, our pastor challenged the congregation one Sunday. When we made the decision to tithe, we quickly learned that we, what we couldn't do with 100%, 110%, 120% of our finances because of the extra money Tammy would make working overtime, what we couldn't do with more than 100%, we were doing with 90%. When we got a hold of our finances and we committed to God, we're going to be faithful and do this, God was allowing us to do with 90% what before we couldn't do with 100% or 110%. Why? Because God's not going to be beholding to anybody. Old Tommy Preacher said, God's shovel is bigger than ours. We give some to God, God's not going to be beholden to us, so He's going to give back more. But the key to that, I want everybody to remember, is if we're doing all the other things we're supposed to be doing. We've got to get a hold of our finances to be able to do that. And I know there are some folks out there, they are in every congregation, well, I want to do this, but I'm carrying so much debt I can't do it. Well, that's when you take the steps to, get, to take control of your debt. You know, we've had classes here before at Victory on money management, financial management. We've got folks today 
that are ready, ready, willing, and able. If you're having problems with finances, they're ready, willing, and able to, to work with you and to help you get control of your finances. Not just so you can clean up your credit record and, and be able to, you know, to, to meet all your bills, but also so that you can commit to giving to God's work the way uh, God commands us to. And I already touched on the other point. Obedience grows our faith. You know, in, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, you don't have to turn there, but if you just write it down and go back, this is God challenged, challenging the people of Israel in the Old Testament. He says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. And if I, will, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. Do you realize that the only challenge, the only time in the Bible God challenges us to test Him is when it comes to finances. You know, Jesus, when He was, when he, when he was being temp, tempted in the desert, one of the comebacks He gave to Satan was, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. But this is the only instance in the entire Bible where God challenges us. He says, do what I've called you to do. Give me my portion right off the top whenever you've prospered. Today's terms, whenever you get paid. And do all the other things you're supposed to be doing and see if I will not bless you so much you can't hold all of it. Now, I'm not saying, those of you that have been here a while, when I say God bless us, that doesn't mean Cadillacs, cash, and condos. Okay? If, we, if we're faithful financially, that doesn't mean He's going to give back to us financially to bless us, but He's going to bless us in other ways. He may choose to do it financially. I don't want to be like these guys on TV that say, well, if you give a $10 seed gift, God's going to give you back a hundred. If you give a $100 seed gift, God's going to give you back a thousand, because that's unbiblical. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Scriptures. I'm just saying God challenges us in Malachi if we're obedient in giving God His due, His portion, and do it, be financially responsible in other areas of our lives. God has promised to bless us. We're to give obediently. Secondly, we're to give faithfully. We need to realize that the Bible does not teach can't. Well, hey, I'd like to do it, but I can't. Philippians 4.13 tells us what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe, I'm, I'm naive enough to believe that, that no matter where you are, and I'm not even going to touch that much, I don't think, on the 10%. Okay? Because there are a lot of preachers that will say, well, you've got to give 10% because it was in the Old Testament. Well, there's a lot of things going on in the Old Testament that we don't do today. You know? They say, well, it talked about giving 10% before the law, therefore we should give 10%. I'm not saying that. I think it's a nice round figure. I think it's, for some it's a good place to start. For others, it's a good, play, a, a good goal to, to aim for. But to me, it's not about the amount. It's about being obedient. And I, I believe, I think I, 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 I jumped the track there somewhere. Forgive me if I did. You know, the Bible doesn't teach can, and I believe that, that even if we're, we're upside down, if, if we make the, the, the attempt, God, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to give something and I'm going to give it whenever I'm paid right off the top and do all the other things even though I'm underwater. I'm just naive enough to believe that God's going to make a way somehow financially because He's going to bless us because of our obedience. We're to give faithfully. The Bible doesn't teach can't. And also, we need to realize that being unfaithful, disobedience, shows lack of faith. And we see that in this passage of Malachi again because God challenges us. 
the, the Israelites weren't giving, and what they did give, it was second best. It was leftovers. But yet they were expecting God to bless it. They were being disobedient. God had strict rules. When you bring an animal to sacrifice, it's to be perfect. It's to be flawless. That's a picture of it being sinless. But yet what they were doing is they'd go to the temple to offer the sacrifice and they're thinking, you know what? This is prime USDA grade goat or beef or whatever here. Man, I can make a ton of money selling this. This one isn't so good. This is the one I'm going to take to the temple and give to God. And God in Malachi was basically telling me, you wouldn't do that, you wouldn't do that to your, your earthly leaders, would you? you? If they tell you you're supposed to bring something, you're going to bring it. If they tell you you're supposed to do something, you're going to do it, aren't you? And God says, why not me all that much more? Because I'm your God. I'm the one that created you. And I'm the one that leads you. I'm the one that provides for you. God has promised to bless us if we're faithful and obedient. And guys, the thing of it is, for those of us that know Christ today, how can we claim that we believe all the other passage of, passages in Scriptures that declare God's promise, but yet we don't believe this one? We can believe everything. We can believe I can do all things through Christ. We can believe that if I sin and I confess my sin and turn from it, that God's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. We can believe that God loved us so much. We can believe in a virgin birth, uh, a death, a supernatural, a burial, a supernatural resurrection, and Jesus. We can believe all these things that we can't touch or see, but yet something concrete like this, we don't have the faith to do it. And folks, really when it comes down to it, there's one or two reasons why we don't do it. It's either number one, we don't believe, or number two, worse off, we're greedy. I had a principal back, back in the days when I was, when I was coaching and, and uh, teaching at the high school, and his, his motto was, I'm not saying I agree with it, let me back up, his, it wasn't his motto, but he would say it about other people. I wasn't walking with the Lord the way I should have back in those days. But he said the, 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 the model for the world these days is to get all you can, can all you get, and then sit on the can. In other words, accumulate all you can get and then keep it for yourself. So if we're not willing to, to, to at least step out on faith and give to God, it's one of two things. Either we don't have the faith or we're greedy. We want to keep it all to ourselves. I want us to realize that there's a divine law in giving. In uh, chapter 9 here, uh, in verse 6, uh, Paul says, He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Folks, this is a true passage, but this is one of the passages just to, to kind of... This is a freebie. I'm not going to charge you for this one. A little extra. This is one that the TV preachers, the TV evangelists like to harp on. If you sow a little bit, God's going to give you a little bit. But oh, if you sow a big seed gift, if you give me a thousand, or if you give me five thousand, God's going to bless you with ten thousand or fifty thousand. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. And even if you don't have faith for that, I got this this magic spiritually anointed prayer handkerchief. And if you give me a love offering in 1995, I'll send you this prayer handkerchief. And whatever sin you got in your life, God's going to get rid of. Whatever demons God's chasing, uh, whatever demons are chasing you, God's going to get rid of. Whatever bills you owe, God's going to bless you and pay for it if you at least invest 1995 in my prayer, mag um, my prayer handkerchief. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. 
But there is a divine law in giving. If we, spare, if we sow sparingly, we're going to reap sparingly. If we sow bountifully, we're going to reap bountifully. Luke chapter 6, verse 8, you don't have to turn there, but you can write it down. It's pretty bad when you have these things marked and you still can't find them. Luke chapter 6, verse 8. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. That's why I couldn't find it. This is Jesus Himself speaking. He says, Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Divine law of God, divine biblical principle is if you give, it's going to be given back. Now again, keep in mind, if I give money, that doesn't mean God's going to bless me back with money. Excuse me, if I give with money, God might choose to, to take me out of a situation that I'm in. But He might not. It, it, at the very least, if I'm obedient to God, God's going to bless me with that peace that passes all understanding. And guys, especially living in this day and age, there's a lot to be said to be able to wake up every morning and no matter what's going on in the nation, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in your family, you can still have peace to believe and to live in the fact that God has everything under control. You can have all the money in the world and wake up every morning wondering what's going to happen to it. Who's going to try to take it? You know, who's going to try to steal it? How can I make more? Uh, Rockefeller at one time, and this wasn't the old guy, this, this started with him, this was the senator that's practicing now from West Virginia. Well, that's in office now from West Virginia. Somebody asked him one time if he could have anything in the world, what would it be? And he said, one more dollar. I mean, his mindset was, as they say today, making the Benjamins. God's, the, God, the, the, the spiritual principle is, is that we're faithful and give to God. God's going to give back to us. And I want us to see here that God uses the most, some of the most important things in our lives to grow our faith. And I say most important thing because we got to pay the bills. we got to put a roof over our head. we got to pay the mortgage. we got to put shoes and, and clothes on the kids. we gotta, we got to buy food. we got to buy gas. There are things that, that we do need. And so money for a lot of us has a really high importance to us. But what God's, God's trying to teach us is that if... if you're faithful with what you see as important that I see as little. I'm sorry. He's saying if you're not faithful with what you think is important, which I see as little, how can you expect me to trust you with even more? You know, money means so little to God. I read in my Bible that the streets up there are paved with gold. You know, what people are craving for down here, we're going to, they're going to be... We're going to trot over the, over the streets or whatever the biblical term is. You know, we're going to be walking on it up there. But Jesus Himself in Luke ch uh, chapter 16, verse 11, and again, you don't have to turn there, but just write it down. Jesus said, if you can't be faithful with unrighteous mammon, how can God trust you with more spiritual things? Again, a biblical principle. We're to give obediently, we're to give faithfully, we're to give joyfully. We need to remember that God sees our heart. When the offering plate's passed around or, or, or you get a phone call that somebody's in need, 
you know, if we're going to give with an attitude, what, what I like to tell my boys is an attitude, there's no sense in giving. Because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And, uh, and I want us to realize uh, in that passage, cheerful in verse 7 there, cheerful giver, in the Greek that word cheerful is translated hilarious. In other words, somebody has told you a great joke like some of the many great jokes I tell, and you guys just bust... Okay, maybe not like the great jokes I tell. But somebody has told you a joke, and I mean, you're bending over double, you're laughing so hard. You're joyful, you're hilarious. God's Word is telling us that's the way we should be willing to give to His work. God loves a cheerful giver. Remember, God sees our heart. He sees with what attitude we're giving it. So, if you can't give with a joyful heart, don't give. Okay? I know there are some preachers that will say, well, give anyway and God will correct your attitude. I'm going to be bold enough to say, if, if, you've, if you can't give joyfully, don't give. That's between you and God, not you and me or you and victory. But we've got to go back to that other, that other biblical principle. What you sow, you're going to reap. Give joyfully because God sees the heart. We need to give because we should see giving as an act of worship. You guys hear me talk about worship all the time. Worship isn't just us singing and preaching. Worship is, can, can be anything. Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to give your lives a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of service or your reasonable act of worship, depending on the translation you have. We should see giving as an act of worship to God. We should also see Giving is an act of thanksgiving and praise. God, I'm giving you back a part of what you've given me to be stewards of to show you how thankful I am for what you've blessed me with. might be a whole bunch. It might not be a lot it, it, the way the world looks at it, but I'm, I'm, I want to give. I want to give to you as an, as an act of thanksgiving, as an act of praise. We're to give obediently. I can't even remember my points now. We're to give faithfully. We're to give joyfully. Finally, I want to give us some guidelines for giving. Some guidelines for giving. First of all, we should never give based on our feeling. We should never give based on feeling. In other words, I don't feel like giving today. I kind of wanted to go out to, 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 to supper tonight and I need that money. I mean, we just don't give based on feeling. Because how many other areas of our lives do we operate in based on our feelings? There's not one of us or probably not a lot of us that would get up one morning and say, you know what, I don't feel like going to work today so I'm just not going to go. You might get away with it once or twice, maybe three or four times if your supervisor's kind of slow on the uptake. But it's not going to happen a whole lot. You're going to lose your job. Example I like to use with this is is the ladies. I'm sure there are lots of days where moms wake up and it pops into their mind. You know what? I don't feel like being a mom today. I would love for Calgon to take me away or me to just go here, just go there, go somewhere else, and forget about everything. But what do you do? You don't go through your day, or at least most of you, don't go through your day based on feeling. You, you're mom because that's what God's called you to do. 
The reason I don't use guys is because I know there's enough of us guys that we're prideful enough and stubborn enough where we'll say, I don't feel like being dad today, and we'll skip work, or if it's a weekend, we'll say, honey, I'm going fishing today, or I'm going golfing today, or I'm going to do whatever I want to, tag, you're it. I don't feel like being the dad, I'm not going to do it. You might not feel like being the mom, but guess what, you're going to do it anyway. Because some of us guys are that selfish. But we don't give based on our feelings. Because we don't operate anywhere else in our lives on our feelings. Next. Giving should be systematic. We should have a regular planned time to give. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 16.2 says it's to be done the first day of the week. He was telling that them that to the churches then because, of course, they met on the first day of the week just like we do. Paul goes on to talk about as you prosper. In us, our day and time, as we prosper is when we get our paycheck or, or when we get extra, extra stuff that we, that we weren't expecting. But it should be, we shouldn't give on our, based on our feelings, but we should give systematically. Yeah, whether for some, some of us get paid every week. Some of us get paid twice a month. Some of us get paid monthly. However we give, it's not a matter of, okay, I'm at church four Sundays out of the month. I've got to give a check all four Sundays. You know, it's as we prosper, as we're, as we're paid. We give back to God part of, of what He's given to us. You know, giving's to be proportional. It's not to be done based on feeling. It's to be done systematically and it's to be given proportional in accordance to how God has blessed you. If I can give more, I should give more. If I, if I can't afford to give right now, not because I'm being a poor steward, but just because that's the way it is right now, then, then, then we don't give as much. But again, keep in mind, we're not to give in accordance to our debt. You know, we're not to say, well, I can't give that much because I'm doing this. We're supposed to give what we feel God's calling us to give. It's to be proportional. As I said earlier, 10% should be a goal for some of us. For some of us, 10% should be a starting point. And again, I base this on listening because I used, I used to preach 10%. And then I went through a period of time where I said, I told folks, well, you know what? God's willing to meet you where you are as long as you step out on faith. And then I went through a period where I was like, you know what? I'm telling people to be disobedient because I read everywhere in the Scriptures 10%. But as I did more studying, uh, guys like John MacArthur and uh, John Piper... I read some of their stuff, and they make, they make good points that there are a lot of other things that were done in the Old Testament that we don't do today. You know, but yet a lot of preachers will say, well, you're supposed to give 10% because that's what they did in the Old Testament. You're supposed to give 10% because that's what was done before the law came. Well, folks, again, there were a lot of things that were done in the Old Testament and done before the law came that we don't do now. So to use that as a hard, fast rule, me in good conscience, trying to preach the full counsel of God, I can't say you've got to give 10%. I'm going to say it's got to be systematic, it's got to be done obediently, and it's got to be done proportionally, how God has blessed you. And then as time goes on, you know, you might start out at 10%, but as time goes on, hey, I'm going to step out in faith, I'm going to give 11% this year, or I'm going to give 12%, and you keep moving it up, or you start at 2 or 3%, and you see how God's blessing you, your faith develops, and you go on. And you build it up from there. Because we're called to give as we prosper. We're called to give as we prosper. I would say this, though. 
And this is something for you to pray about as you're praying about what to give. Why would we want to be outgiven by somebody who is under the law when we're under grace? Why would we want to give less to a God who has saved us by His grace and we're no longer under the law? Why would we want to give less than somebody who has to give that amount? Because at that time in God's Word it says, this is what you got to give. As God's been gracious to us, we should want to be gracious right back to Him. Okay? And then finally, I've already touched on this, giving's to be sacrificial. Stories told of a, a Jesus told a story about a lady went to the temple, went to synagogue, wherever it was. And she was going to give her tithe. And she had watched these rich people come, and as the rich people came, there, was, there were drums being played, cymbals going off, music going. All the attention was pointing to these guys that were laying up bags of money that they were giving out of their wealth. And they were being praised for it. And then all of a sudden, when nobody, it's almost like when nobody was paying attention. This one poor lady gave two mites, all that she had. I've got, I, I always forget to bring them, but I've got a couple mites that we got from our trip to Israel. I mean, they're not even, they're, they're barely a half an inch big. This woman took the last bit of money she had and she put it in the offering plate. Don't know what I'm going to do about supper tonight. Might have even been, don't know where I'm going to lay my head tonight, but God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to put it in there. And, and Jesus said that that woman went away more righteous and that woman went away blessed. And I'm assuming, I know it's not safe to assume, but I'm assuming Jesus said that from the standpoint that that woman, because she gave out of her poverty, but she gave in faith, God was going to take care of her needs. We're called to give sacrificially. Stories told one time, give you an example, some of you new folks of my, my, my great jokes. Stories told of some, some bills that had been gathered at, at uh, one of the treasuries and they were, go they were going off to be destroyed because you know the bills can only last in circulation so much time and they get so they're not usable but instead of throwing them away where somebody can pick them out of the trash they take them and they burn them but at any rate these bills were going to be destroyed and they were talking amongst themselves and uh, $50 bill says, you know what? He says, I know what's going to happen, but I can't complain. I've had a great life. Man, I've been to London. I've been to Paris. I've been all over Europe. You know, I, I, I've had a great life. I've seen all these things. What about you? And he turns to the $10 bill. And the $10 bill says, you know, goes, you know what? I, I've had a pretty good life too. He says, I, now I haven't been over to Europe, but man, I've been to Jersey City. I've been to Las Vegas. I've, you know, I, I've been to Lake Tahoe. I, I've been to the Rocky Mountains. You know, I, I've had a good life. I'm ready to go. And they look at the dollar bill and they say, well, what about where are you? Where have you been? And the dollar bill goes, I went to church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meaning, the meaning being we're to give sacrificially. You know, a lot of folks will be sacrificial until it time, comes time to give God back part of what they should be giving back to Him. We're to give joyfully. We're to give obediently. We're to give faithfully. But the, the whole thing of it is we're to give, and we need to remember in closing...
kind of hard to tie all this together in a nice little bow, so I'm just going to say this. Remember that we need to remember that tithing and financial management are not just financial decisions we make. They're not just financial issues we deal with. They're spiritual issues we deal with. Because the way we give to God reveals where our heart, where our heart is in our attitude and in our relationship towards God. Close with this this morning. Are we being faithful? Are we being faithful to God in all areas of our lives? Are we faithful with the time He's given us? Are we faithful with the talents, the, the gifts to do things that He's given us? And are we faithful with the treasures that He's given us? Because we can be obedient in two of them. Because believe it or not, there are some folks out there that they'll give all the money in the world. You, you say, hey, we're taking up an offering for this. They'll give all the money in the world. They'll keep giving. But don't ask them to sacrifice their time. You know, don't ask me to commit to being at church. You know, don't ask me to commit to teaching a Sunday school class. Don't ask me to commit to serving. But they'll throw a dollar bill in there. You know what? That's just as great a sin against God as somebody that says, well, I'm going to use my time and I'm going to use my talents, but my money's mine. Because partial disobedience, partial obedience is disobedience. So the question we need to ask ourselves this morning, are we faithful with our time, our talents, and our treasures? And if we're not, what do we need to do to bring our lives in line with what God has called us to do? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed, please.